twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. And welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll tell you about the first new digital two-way radio coming soon from Ocean. We'll give you an overview of its features and specifications and compare its overall look to the popular analog, Ocean KGUV9D. We'll also review the Titera TH7800 dual-band mobile two-way radio and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialists. Rumor has it that Ocean is planning to enter the digital radio market soon with a new DMR radio. It may be more fact than fantasy, because we recently obtained some early product specs on this new radio, and, according to Ocean, it may be available sometime in the first quarter of 2016. A lot of maybes there. A lot of maybes. I, uh, this is my favorite type of episode, because we, we don't have to do any research for this one, or any, we're just speculating from beginning to end here which which makes it easy and fun <laughs> but we've got to throw a disclaimer out where you may just need to delete this episode in six months because <laughs> everything we say today could be wrong but it, it's going to be fun to talk about that's true we don't have a whole lot on this radio but we do have it's all uh, pretty much just it's just basic stuff and of Here's course what everything can change in a moment's notice. Here's what happened. We found a flyer circulating on the internet about the Ocean KGD 901 DMR digital radio. Now, I've heard for the last year or so from Ocean that they're working on a DMR radio. And this flyer comes out. A few blogs pick it up. We start getting questions on it. Um, I asked our sales rep from Ocean about this radio, and, and basically the answer was, we don't have anything to say on this right now. We'll let you know whenever we have something concrete. No comment. No, no comment. comment. They can um, neither confirm nor deny the right. existence of the KGD 901. But we do have the flyer, which includes a picture and some very, very basic specs. And so I guess we're going to talk about today, what is the impact going to be if Ocean comes out with a DMR radio. What what is this going to be like? What is it going to do? Are they going to like right now? We have the the Titera MD three eighty. That's the big digital radio in the the ham radio world. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, a Connect Systems radio that's that's very popular. Um, and seems like digital radios are the future. They're they're getting uh, a lot of attention. Um, they're quite popular. Ocean's kind of been left and left behind. You know, they had the KG UVD1P, 
the KGV 8D was was very very popular, but then the the 9D was kind of a disappointment when it first came out. Sales weren't great on it. Now they've come out with the new um, limited edition and the 9D plus. It seems plus, to fix yeah. a lot of those issues. But it's still an analog radio, and I think Ocean is starting to see the writing on the wall, so to speak. I mean, now that the FCC has pretty much mandated that you know that every radio needs to support uh, 6.25 uh, kilohertz, uh, and they are really limiting. Yeah, that you know that, that sort of thing with with the FCC IDs. Yeah, that prevents them from coming out with any Part 90 type accepted new radios. Yeah. Um, so they, they sort of, if they want to go after the business market, they have to go with a digital radio, and, and maybe that's the direction they're going here. Um, I think I think it probably is, really. Um, from what we're seeing uh, on the picture, on the flyer, which is 100% what we're going for, from, it, it looks like uh, the KGD 901 is uh, looks a lot like the new um, KGUV 9D+. In fact, it looks almost identical to it. Uh, right. The display seems to be the same display. The design of the keypad seems to be very similar. Now, it, the, this flyer, uh, big asterisk, we don't know, but it, it does say it's uh, IP57, which means it's waterproof. Uh, that's one meter submersible, I believe. Yeah, it, it is giving it a waterproof aspect to it that really a lot of, uh, at least at this time, a lot of digital radios don't have. Right, that would give it a one-up on the the uh, MD380. Although uh, rumor is Titera may be coming out with a waterproof version of that radio fairly soon as well. Shh, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no one listens, right? Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> essentially, this is really kind of refreshing the current production line of, of of Ocean, and that's pretty much what they're saying. They're they're refreshing their product line. In fact, that they actually say it right there on their on their flyer. Uh, so apparently this is just the beginning of a whole new line of or of digital radios or digital or, or radios that support digital. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> we, we're just guessing. Yeah. We have no idea. It, it's definitely going to be the first DMR radio from, from Ocean if it's in fact released. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about... Uh, the digital aspect of this is that they are supporting DMR uh, rather than saying, uh, say, DPMR or, or any of the other uh, digital formats out there, specifically DMR. That's right. Uh, which that uses, is interesting. You know, which uses time division multiple access or TDMA uh, technology. Um, it seems to be they're going for the more popular digital format then, I guess. Um, well, I, that's, I think they realize that seems to be what the demand is here mm -hmm. in the in the U.S. Um, I don't think DMR is as popular overseas, so it, it's um, yeah, I think sort DPMR of surprised is... me. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they're in, at the same time they're developing this. They're developing a, a DPMR radio um, as well. Who knows? Now this seems to have the same color screen and, and uh, the screen size as the KGV 8D and the 9D. So I guess they're they're pretty much going to stay with that basic form factor for the for the radios at least for for the time being. Um, and as far as the accessories, we don't know. 
We, no, we, just we don't, don't know. We don't, well, we don't know anything. We have yeah. a flyer from some guy on the internet, basically. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it was created by Ocean. Um, they wouldn't send it to me. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're a pretty good dealer. I don't know why they leaked so, it to me. So. It leaked. Yeah. I think it leaked. Um, but, now, I think the biggest question is going to be, what is the price? And I'm a little concerned about what the price is. Because of what they did with the 9D, the price on the 9D was a little high right out of the gate. And uh, I think it hurt sales tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. If they come out with this radio and it's retailing at, at $300, yeah, it, it's going to fall on its face. That's going to be a deal breaker right there because uh, you you have other models like you know, particularly the Titera, the the MD380s, the MD280s which are, you know, very 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 competitive price-wise. Right. For a waterproof radio, I think that this really needs to sell somewhere in the the range of $200. Um maybe a, maybe a little less. Uh, well, the MD380 is, is going to be its big competition, and that radio mm-hmm. sells uh, right now for around 165 170 well, The price has been dropping on that pretty consistently since it came out. And But consider this is waterproof, whereas the 380 is not waterproof. So I think that's worth a little more. Um, maybe Ocean has a better reputation with the ham community, and maybe they've been around longer than Titera, so maybe they can get a little bit on – uh, they can command a higher price because of that, but I don't think that it really sells if the price is. I don't think the average hand's going to care if it's waterproof or not. Yes, it's nice to have it, but I don't, is a ham going to spend? You know, let's say it's got a three hundred dollar, you know, price tag. No way. Are they going to spend one hundred fifty dollars more than a Titer? Absolutely not. I think a lot of hams are going to go for what's uh, economical. And it concerns it's me because be the, the, the KGUV 9D, when it was first released, the retail price on that um, was 229 mm-hmm. As for an analog radio, very comparable to the 8D, which sold for around $150. Um, so if they, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to price this higher than that, and I think that would be a, a big mistake. And you got to think about the Vertex Everge radio. You can get a... 32 channel digital radio dual you know mode for 315 bucks about, about the same price yeah um it's pretty close you know you so and it's fully waterproof so i it don't is. know why you know this thing's gonna have to come in low but i don't see that no i, yeah, I, that, I agree that's my concern i agree um well you know take the popular 8d uh, the 8d D has turned out to be a very popular radio, very well liked by hams, but it still is, you know, the the, the bow funks, the UV five Rs, and and the, the low priced forty fifty dollar bow funks, still outsell those things what ten to one because they're just cheaper. Right, and I think that's what it comes down to. As many nice features as there are on the Ocean radios, and as well-built as they are, because, you know, Ocean is considered um, a, kind of a premium uh, Chinese brand, really, as far as as far as far uh, the ham community I, I would consider it the leading brand I, as far I, as quality so. and, and name recognition. They've been doing this. I think they were the first Chinese company to really break through with, uh, with two-way radios in, in the U.S. Right. But having said that, when you know at the end of the day you're looking at what the hams are really 
buying the radios for, what they're really looking for when they're buying the radios, it really, for them, it, it seems to all come down to price. Bottom line, That's unless it. this brings some major new features to the table, it's going to be compared with the Titera MD380, and it's going to have to compete with it on price. If this radio mm -hmm. is priced considerably higher than the MD380, it's not going to sell very well, and Ocean's going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So right now, we really don't know how much it's going to cost. We really don't know uh, what the specs are for the radio, except that we, we do have a few items here as far as features, you know, like CTCSS and DCS, uh, uh, signaling analog mode, and all calls, group calls, selective calls, and, and, and uh, text messaging and digital mode, things like that. But, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that you find on, on a lot of of radios, right. analog and the, digital. The feature but, set that's shown um, here is pretty standard yeah, for a DMR radio. Yeah, it is. But but other than that, we really don't know what what this radio is going to consist of just yet. And, and right now, it seems to be um, really more uh, more rumor than than, <laughs> than it's reality. It's so a teaser. It's, it's, now so it does it's, say it's to wait. on this flyer that we got from some guy on the internet uh, the application scope is shopping mall, construction site, property management, subway, government, military, police security. So they're really aiming this a little bit more at the commercial market. and the, the commercial in the in the uh, the responder, first responder market. And if that's the case, I mean, we may want to brace ourselves for a higher price and a disappointed amateur radio community. It may be something where this is they go and, and get part 90 type acceptance for this radio and they push it toward business customers, which you know, you can't fault them for that. That mm. might be a smart no. move. You, there's probably more business that way. And if, uh, you know, this price favorably compared to business brands like Vertex, um, you know, maybe they'll get some traction. See, that's, I think that's the, the key there. If they're really pricing it for the business market and if they can really effectively compete in that arena, they'll probably do pretty well with it. You've still got to compete with Titera. That that MB380 is, is a Part 90 type accepted radio That's true. as well. But at the end of the day, it still depends on what this radio is going to be packed with, you know, what's going to be inside it. So we don't really know yet. Yeah. Like I opened with, we're just guessing here. We yeah, don't exactly. Know. We, it's all speculation. We could be completely wrong. We, we'll... Six months from now, we might come back and say, remember episode 99? <laughs> yeah, we, the missing episode 99. We deleted it because it was completely wrong. For all we know, this is complete vaporware. Yeah. <laughs> so it might have a, flash, have a flashlight on it. Uh, well, there you go. The MD380. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sold. <laughs> I love it when we base episodes on some guy on the internet sent us this flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what we're doing. Next yeah, week we'll be talking about the new hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all about facts, folks. Just the facts. If anyone has any flyers they would like us to do episodes yeah, on, sure. send them send them over. <laughs> sure, we'll do we'll do that. Um, all right. Any other comments on this KGD nine hundred one? I think right we now? beat it to death. I think we did, and it's not even out yet. Um, so, <laughs> all right. Well, 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 coming up, we'll review the Titera TH7800 dual band mobile two way radio. It may be better than a handheld Baofeng, but how does it compare to a mobile such as the Ocean KGUV920PA? We'll find out next on the Two Way Radio Show.
Searching for two-way radios? Buy two-way radios has what you need. My Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. My Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. Our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to the Two-Way Radio Show, and this week we're going to review a new dual-band mobile two-way radio from Tytera, the TH-7800. Well, I've been impressed with the, the Tytera TYT product line since we brought in their uh, their digital DMR handheld radios, and um, they came to me in the last couple of months talking about this new dual-band radio they've got coming out, the TH-7800. Got one in, and and of course we test. I like to test everything before we put it on the site. And um, I've been blown away by this radio, and the reviews I've heard on this radio from people that have purchased it is um, is outstanding. Um, simple radio. I mean, there's nothing you know, no flashy screens. Um, usually, the first response we get out of this thing, and when we have it lit up at a ham fest, is that thing looks like a Yesu. <laughs> and I guess it really does. Um, it does. But uh, is that accidental? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. You know, it's got the orange display. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, things that make you a hmm. Um, but yeah, 2 meter 440, um, you know, dual band mobile. And I've liked this thing. You know, the first thing I did was. I always look at the programming software first and foremost. It's not supported by Chirp yet. Um, I'm sure it'll probably happen. Some of their other uh, mobiles are. But the software was was pretty simple to use, um, you know, as far as plugging your your frequencies in and your tones. And, you know, you can change a lot of different things in there as well. Um, but the overall response, you know, I programmed our local net in there, repeater, and, Guys were blown away by it. They, yeah, we tested this quite a bit on the on the local morning nets, and uh, everybody seemed to really like how it sounded. I think it's. Um, I did have one complaint, and it was, you know, a guy purchased one a couple weeks ago, and he was, he said, um, "I'm getting complaints on the net. I'm getting complaints that I sound robotic." And um, I said, "Well, send it back to me. You know, maybe you've got scramble on, or you've got something uh, compounding, something like that." Um, came in and I got, you know, the same kind of response. So I thought, well, maybe it's the mic. So I switched the mic out, still it. The mics on these things, I think so many people are used to using traditional Chinese radios that are, you know, mediocre components inside of them. This mic is sensitive. Um, and, and what it was, was it was, you know, traditionally you hold a handheld mic, you know, two or three inches from your, your mouth and talk. 
this one is very sensitive. Um, it'll, it'll, um, I found that it's eight or nine inches away from your mouth and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So this was a matter of really just overmodulation. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It was nothing right. in the, in which I was, you know, I'm always, cause I was like, oh man, are we going to have some, do I miss something on our testing? Are we going to have, you know, another Chinese radio that's got, you know, a common flaw in it. And it's really not a common, or, you know, it's a flaw. If you ask me, it's just, it's better components. Um, and it's just, uh, um, but after that, it was, you know, I was talking on the net and the guy said, yeah, you sound like you're robotic or some vibration in there. And I pulled it away and I said, how's that? And he said, did you plug any mic in? I said, no, I just moved it away from that's my mouth. That's what happened to me the first time I tried it. And I was, uh, you know, I'm used to holding it. Yeah. real close to my mouth and and uh yeah it was just coming in way too strong and they said back it off i'm like okay how's this and it was much we kind of saw that with the md380s as well you know because guys were used to using other dmr radios and it the mics were just um, not as good in those other those other makes and um so but other than that i mean this radio um Ease of programming. I got a guy that uses, um, you know, is capable of two tone and five tone, and I got a guy that actually is um, using that on his. Um, he had some issues with programming. I fixed it for him, and it worked like a champ. I mean, now he's able to get all his. He's a volunteer firefighter. He's able to get all his uh, two tone, five tone messages sent to his radio. Um, it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's very loud. Um, I know one of the first things you pointed out, Rick, was compared to a 920 or a 950 was when you would adjust the volume on this radio, it was oh, a yeah. gradual increase instead of like the nine the Wooshins, where it was a, um, you know, you're turning it and then, you know, all of a sudden you're blowing your eardrums out because it can't keep up. This <laughs> oh, has a wow. true. I know that all too well. And, and the outputs, I plugged a, an external speaker into it, loud as can be. Um it's got this crossband repeat, you know, with the dual display on it. Pretty simple to program through the uh, through the um, unit itself. You know, I always suggest if you're doing more than one repeater, get the software. Mm-hmm. Um, use the use the cable and software. It'll make life a lot uh, simpler for you. Um, but like I said, I've been I've been blown away by this radio. I think it's um, it's it's going to do well, and it has done well. Um, since we introduced it about a month ago. Um, and I think guys are uh, really, really liking it. It did well at the Ham Fest, and it does well online for us. Um, you know, as you were just saying about the volume control, Anthony, that was that was always my pet peeve about the 920. I love the 920PA. And, uh, you know, as you know, we have one at home that, that uh, my son Tommy and I used to get on the nets. And uh, that was always my pet peeve. And in fact, we used to get in trouble with my wife and my daughter a lot because my daughter would be, you know, we'd be on the net on our Wednesday night, net night at 930, and my daughter's trying to sleep in the next room, and my wife is trying to work, and uh, Tommy and I are on this net, and we can't really control the audio on it very well. We set it to the first level, and it you can barely hear it. You set up to the second level, and it's just just blasting everywhere, and um, you know, and then my both my wife and my daughter are just hollering at us to keep it down. Uh, but if if you know, we we have to set it there, or else we can't hear what's going on. And that's always been a source of frustration for us. 
And I always wondered, well, you know, Ocean makes a really good product. Why couldn't they just put a regular potentiometer there, a regular, a regular pot, uh, and I'm not talking about the, the plant, I'm talking about <laughs> a potentiometer there to just control it manually, you know, gradual up and down. And then, uh, Anthony, when you brought this in, and I tried it for the first time, and I realized this was really a real potentiometer, a, r- a real volume control, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is fantastic. So, you know, I took it home for a weekend, and Tommy and I got on the nets, and we were both like, wow, this is great, you know, because that was and, – and we love the 920p, but uh, this just uh, – I mean, this yeah. one feature was – What's you know, sad is I, I think the 920p is, is actually more advanced as far as the way the volume is implemented. If you it look is. at it, I mean, it's digital. Turning the volume control has to you know, report back to the radio what the, the volume level is, and you see a, a digital volume meter that goes from 0, 0 to, you know, I haven't gone much higher than, than 10, but um, – it's just it's, it's not really set correctly. Volume yeah, level one should be low. It. it should move up more gradually. Yeah. Um, but um, this this one definitely takes care of that. The, the volume, you have more control over the volume. Yeah. Well, I like the the TH seventy eight hundred just for that feature. If nothing else, I think it's well worth it just for that. I mean, it matches up very well uh, to the nine twenty price wise too. I mean, one ninety nine mm-hmm. makes this thing look like a great value compared to. 259 for the 920. It does. Yeah, and it does basically all the yeah, I can't think of anything that that it does or does not do compared to the 920, but you know, it's got the detachable face, it's got the extension cord so you can you can run that uh, you know, put mm-hmm. the 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 guts of the unit under a seat or something and and run that uh, display, you know, on your head uh, sun visor or somewhere different in the vehicle. Um, you know, the mic feels good in your hand. I thought it was a little light. I kind of feel I kind of like the 920 mic better. Really? See, I like than, this one. I like this one a little bit better, but it seems a little light, too lightweight. I don't know. It feels more like a toy, I guess, compared to the the 920 to me. It, it does, but you know what? Uh, Tommy told me he he seemed to like how it fit in his hand a little bit better. Yeah. He seemed to like that and the push talk a little bit. It's a little but, bit more. Uh, you know the 920 950 mics are a little bit more old school this is more of a mm-hmm. uh, contemporary looking mic uh, you know it's uh does this one have a speaker in the mic like the 920 does it um, does not no. it does not no. um maybe that contributes to the the weight of the 920 could be. i think I that has a lot to do with but it but there's enough i mean with this thing there's enough volume coming out of it you don't need it also in the uh in the in True. the mic but uh i've had good reviews on it you know with the um you know, first twenty-five that we that we sold, people are uh, people are ecstatic about it. Um, so, but yeah, one ninety-nine ninety-nine. Um, they get you the radio, the mic, you know, the brackets, the power uh, cords, extension cords, everything you need to get get moving on that. Great. Um, and of course, if you enter promo code show at checkout, uh, you can save an additional five percent off of it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, so this is a winner all the way around, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah. think it's a great little radio. All right. Any other comments on the uh, TH7800? Nope. nope. All right. All right, we've got some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com, and the first one comes from Antenna Boy. Hmm. And he says, 
I would like to buy my first set of walkie-talkie, and I'm confused about the use of channels. I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but I will be happy with any help. Uh, from what I read, these devices operate in the UHF spectrum. Each different channel corresponds to a different frequency band centered about a specific frequency. For two or more users to communicate, their walkie-talkie must be on the same channel. A. Other people with walkie-talkie set on the same channel and in the proximity can be part of the conversation and can eavesdrop or participate even if uninvited, correct? We'll answer that one first. That's correct. A, correct, yes. Uh, B, there are usually 22 channels to choose from. Which channel should we pick? The one over which the communication is most clear? Uh, I am also not clear on the overlapping of channels in FRS, GMRS. Are FRS and GMRS different modalities or standards to communicate? Should we choose FRS or GMRS channels? What about those channels that are both FRS and GMRS? Um, he's got a few questions here. Um, those are good questions. Yeah, that's, which, that's a good that's a good question. Which channel to choose is probably a, a, a pretty good question, and I guess it depends on uh, what you're looking for. If you're looking for privacy more than anything, and it sounds like maybe he is, maybe he doesn't want to be overheard as often, or he doesn't want interruptions. Um, it doesn't really matter what channel you choose. You're not going to see any difference in range um, based on the frequency or channel that you're using outside of um, maybe the service differences or power differences that GMRS slash FRS might give you. Um, but it's important to know that most people never change their FRS, GMRS radios, so they're all on channel one. <laughs> so as long as you go to something other than one, you're going to have a better shot at not being overheard and not getting interruptions. And get you a set that supports um, privacy codes. Mm -hmm. um, some sets do, some sets don't. And never, you know, you've usually got 130 CTCSS codes and then another 130 DCS codes. Never pick the first code in the – And it's like, you know, don't ever use the first channel because that's what most people do is they turn them on and go. Just yeah, go channel one, channel. code one, and they talk. That kind of answers this question D. Um, C question is, should the channel be agreed ahead of time with other users? Yes, I would say it has yes. to be. <laughs> uh, D is, the privacy codes perform filtering, letting the users hear only those users with the same privacy codes. But anybody else can still hear the conversation if tune on the same channel, just not as crisp. Correct. Um, it, it, yeah, the crispness doesn't yeah, really doesn't make a matter. difference. Anyone else, um, privacy codes aren't going to prevent anyone from hearing you. If, if another user has privacy codes completely turned off, they will hear you mm -hmm. and your conversation. Um, privacy codes sort of a bad name. Uh, they don't really give you any privacy. They just filter out any interference. They, they prevent you from hearing anyone that's not using that code. They'll hear you. You just won't hear them. Interference eliminator code is uh, my favorite. There yeah, you that's, go. that's the there best name for it, sure. And his last question, can a single frequency carry multiple channels, or does it channel as one specific frequency? And that's from Antenna Boy. It seems like we're in talking about the world of FRS GMRS radios yes, here and in that world a channel is a frequency well there you go hoping that answers your question antenna boy <laughs> antenna boy okay and Just picture uh, a guy running around with antennas <laughs> on here saving the world like a superhero <laughs> like <laughs> ant boy <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to picture that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got this thing in my head, guy running around in leotards. And well, What if his arms were antennas? Could be. Could be. <laughs> Even stranger. Okay, well, um, we have a comment from uh, Michael, and he's responding to um, our ongoing discussion about the FCC eliminating the GMRS uh, regulatory fees that we've discussed uh, uh, in a previous episode. And he says there should be no license requirements for GMRS usage. Why was there a fee imposed in the first place? There's no test or exam requirements to operate the radio. Makes no logical sense to pay for a license. And that's from Michael. Uh, maybe the, the just for, and I'm on his side, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm um, in agreement that uh, there shouldn't be any fees for a GMRS license, but I could see maybe it came about because there was some regulation or some enforcement required by the FCC that cost money, so they collected a license fee in order to recoup their cost for some of the administration. Well, that worked Perhaps. well out for them, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was maybe unintended consequences yeah. led to uh, a big mess. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. Well, maybe that'll change uh, in the future. We'll see. Um, I think I think the elimination of the regulatory fee, at least, is, is a step in the right direction. Although, I got to be careful saying that because I'm sure there are a lot of guys that are going to be coming back with comments saying, "What? <laughs> what are you saying?" It's um, a touchy issue. It a lot, is a touchy issue. A lot of people issue. want there to be a license fee for GMRS. I just don't know what you do with the millions of people that already have a radio have and could care less about the license. That's true. All right, well, I guess it does it for our comments and questions this week. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. All right, I guess that does it for our show this week. Before we go, uh, any final thoughts uh, i don't think so no all right well today's show is sponsored by buy twowayradios.com whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use buy two-way radios can help you find the best solution for your needs enter the promo code show at checkout and save an additional five percent off your order give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy twowayradios.com well everyone as always thanks for listening and until next time for the two-way radio show i'm rick savoya i'm danny feemster and i'm anthony roquet and we're out